Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Now it's time for Cordishy and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. I'm Scott Cordishi on the road once again with the Brown Bears in lovely Ithaca, New York, the home of the Cornell Big Red. Meanwhile, my broadcast partner, Nick Coit, back in his Smithfield condo. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Scotty. What's happening? How you doing? Oh, fantastic. You know, one of the highlights of my week was sitting down and watching episodes three and four of the dynasty. And I'm watching the, uh, the episode, I believe it was episode three where they were flashing back a little bit to uh, Patriots past. And there they are talking about Super Bowl week and you know, the, the feud that happened there with Parcells on his way out and yep. Ian Kraft going back and forth and, Drew Bledsoe was asked about it at the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, there he was, Mr. Handsome. Young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Scott Cordishi. He had that look on his face like he was one of those those uh, sardines or fish from the SpongeBob cartoon. Uh, it was just – it was beautiful. It was just, just, uh, just innocent. You know, there he was. It's hard to believe I was young once. <laughs> it is. I know, yeah, I know. I know, I, I know that surprises you. I know. I know. Yeah, you were no, I know. Surprised. You've been you've been so old for yeah, yeah. so long <laughs> that you know. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into the dynasty this morning, amongst the many things we will discuss. But let's say hello to Joe Passarelli in our Worcester, Mass. studio. Good morning, Joe P. Hello, Scott. Hello, Nicholas. How are we this morning? Yeah. I was just going to say, that had a little, that had a little Seinfeld uh, twink, twink, twink. You know what I mean? Hitting our quota Hello. early, sir. Hitting our quota early. <laughs> la, la, la. Uh, well, where do, we, uh, where do we jump in this morning, fellas? I mean, yes, the Dynasty, like you, Nick, I watched episodes three and four yesterday. Um, we do have some Patriot stuff to talk about as well. Uh, we've got the Celtics. We've got the Bruins. Heck, we even get the Red Sox to talk about. They played Northeastern in their, I guess, unofficial exhibition opener last night, beating them 7-2 to at JetBlue Park in Fort Myers. So 
we got a lot to talk about this morning. We do. Um, you know what? Let's well, let's start with uh, what we saw last night with you too, Scott, uh, because you were in uh, New York City area before you went up to Ithaca there, and yep, um, boy, uh, a, a heck of a win, and it's it's really it's funny how college basketball can be, uh, especially with league play. You can have a, a sort of a bumpy season like the Brown men have had, and you're still in it here because of just the way that the league is is playing out now four and six right there competing for that final spot in in ivy madness uh yeah it's it's certainly interesting for you there scott it is and and you're alluding to brown's win in new york city last night over columbia um i I would suggest nick the last two games the bears have played in have been gotta have it type of games i mean must wins uh while they weren't mathematically they were realistically and they were able to take care of business against the pen quakers last saturday in philadelphia and then this friday uh, even more important because they went to new york city to take on a columbia lions team that was tied for fourth with harvard a game ahead of brown in the standings and what the bears needed to do was win that game because had they lost to the lions Columbia would have been two games up with only four games remaining in the regular season, but they would have swept the season series from Brown. So in all reality, that would have put them three games up, essentially, on the Bears with four to play, which would have made it almost impossible for Brown to overcome that deficit to get one of those top four spots in the Ivy League standings, which earned you a bid in the Ivy League postseason tournament, which is Ivy Madness this year. It'll be held, ironically enough, at Columbia, New York. So... You know, the Bears got off to a good start. Columbia, as we all expected, came fighting back. Didn't take their first lead in the game, Columbia. The Bears led for probably, I would say, 33 minutes or so. And then Columbia, with maybe like four or five minutes to go, took their first lead of the game. But fortunately for Brown, it was short-lived, and they found a way to kind of gut out a win in New York. And uh, as we thought would happen up in Boston, Princeton defeated Harvard as well. So... You know, going into last night, the Bears are in sixth place, a game out of fourth. Coming out of last night, they're now tied for fourth, which is where you want to be with a win over Harvard and one and one against Columbia. So they control their own destiny again, which is a good thing for Mike Martin's team, which is trying to make the conference postseason tournament for the first time. I think it's it's just uh, amazing. And, and that's, again, the beauty of league play, whatever team you are. Um you can have, you know, a, a ride and a, and a season like you've had. I mean, Brown is overall they're eight and seventeen. It just hasn't been smooth. It hasn't right. been smooth. But here you are. Here you are. You have a chance, and that's what teams ask for this time of year is a chance to play for, you know, a postseason berth. Um, you know, I'm just kind of glancing over the remaining schedules here for all the teams. Obviously, you're. At Cornell tonight, um, which is a really, really tough game. Cornell in first place in the Ivy League. Right. Um, you know, and obviously Brown's got, you know, Harvard and Dartmouth at home still left. Um, two games that obviously are going to have a lot of importance uh, with Yale last. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glancing at the schedules. Columbia is going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for them down the stretch because they've still got Princeton and Cornell. Uh, Harvard's got Brown, obviously. Yale still left in the schedule. Uh, Penn and Dartmouth. So it's yeah, it's um, it's it's realistic to think that you know Brown could, if they could win 
what two of their last four at least sets them up in in the conversation particularly that harvard game right um you know so it's it's really interesting um you know and i i think of it because obviously we're getting so close to march scott and um you know i think one of the best stories this week too was uh the win for the the friars at xavier and setting themselves up for a you know a a really nice spot in terms of a resume for the NCAA tournament. Um, if they played the tournament today, I don't know how you don't put the, the Friars in the bracket. Five quad one wins. Yep. You know, that was a huge one at Xavier. Um, ticket gains with that huge block. What a play. Um, it's been it's been a heck of a season, you know, and the, and the story for me is the fact that you lost Bryce Hopkins, uh, you know, your best player, in early January, just as you're starting to go on your conference run, and Kim English and his staff have led this team to what's well, a nine and seven record right now in the Big East, uh, and it chance to go to the NCAA tournament. When that happens mid-season, I, I think they've done a tremendous job, and I think it's a great story if they can really finish the job and get into the bracket here in March. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think they, they needed that win at Xavier for a couple of reasons. And number one, it added a fifth quad one win, as you've pointed out, to their resume. But it was also a road win. You know, I mean, the Friars haven't won too much away from the Amp. And believe it or not, the selection committee looks at stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, that was a big win for them. You know, you look at their remaining schedule. They're off this weekend. But uh, then on Wednesday, they head to Marquette to take on uh, the seventh-ranked team in the nation. Then they host Villanova. They travel to Georgetown, and then they host UConn in that big game on the 9th of March at 8 o'clock prime time at the Amp. So, um, you know, I mean, realistically, you'd like to think the Friars can go 2-2, two and two, right? I mean, that's what they probably should do. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Well, the Xavier win really now becomes huge because yeah. now I think it's realistic to go – Two and two, you're eleven and nine in league play. Right. If you're eleven and nine in the Big East, and then you go to New York and you get a win in the Big East tournament, one single win, I think you've set yourself up uh, for, you know, comfortably getting right. to the NCAA tournament. Maybe you go to the Big East tournament. Maybe it's like a four-five game. I mean, potentially you could be looking at the latest bracket I saw from Joe Lenardi. I think he had Seton Hall and Providence playing each other in Dayton in the first four. That could potentially be the game, say a four-five seed game, in the Big East tournament. So that that could potentially be the play-in no, game. No, um, that that wouldn't happen. I don't know why Joe Lenardi would have that. So the tournament selection committee yeah. intentionally avoids conference teams playing one another until they try to avoid it until the Sweet Sixteen. So so if if there are like five Big East teams in the bracket, they try to put spread them out. So oh, I'm wrong. They, they don't Scott, make, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah they they split they split them up. They're just both, they're both in, last four in, and they were next eight. to each okay. other. Sorry. Yeah, okay. that's 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 my bad. All right. So yeah, but your point's well taken. So what that win what that win means is is they can go two and two down the stretch here. They they go to New York eleven and nine in conference play, and it could set up a meeting with Seton Hall in the tournament. My if they go to New York 11 and 9, I would think one win at the Garden would likely get them in. If they go if they go 1 and 3 here, let's let's just play this game and say they lose to Villanova. Okay? And they yeah. lose to Marquette and they lose to Yukon. They're they could be bubble trouble, you know, they they, they would go to to yeah. Madison Square Garden probably needing at least a couple of wins with that second game maybe being 
you know, uh, uh, against a pretty good opponent, you know. So uh, that's what made that Xavier win, I think, really big for them. Because had they lost Huge. that game, then I then I really think they'd have, go, have to go to New York and have to do some damage to, to bolster their resume. Well, and they, they really would have probably had to had to grab either this game coming up at Marquette or, you know, hey, you take your shot at UConn last game of the season. They, you, they probably would have had to go out and, and grab one of those. Right. Um, you know, obviously the, the landmine is, is at Georgetown. <laughs> Which is just... You can't lose that game. You just you can't, can't at this stage. No, you season. can't. No. That's the landmine. Um, you know, but Georgetown has had its own struggles. So, you know, you should win that game. But yeah, landmine, you never know. Um, yeah, but it's it's... It's a heck of a story. It is. It's a heck of a story, the fact that they are, you know, where they're at. The way that they played, too, at Xavier. That's a place, historically, where they've had some trouble, too. Yeah. Um, Center is not an easy place to win. And, um, you know, they still they, they got it done. And their role guys, too, really stepped up in that game. Um, you know, I thought Jaden Pierre down the stretch was really, really good for them. Josh Aduro was in foul trouble for... Yeah most of the second half and so slim castro had to come in he played some really key minutes he did you know, Corey floyd yeah huge huge i mean they're, they're all these guys and i i kind of hinted at it with with kim english you know and my one of my questions post game was like you know he any any and he, he kind of answered you know with like these guys are they all kind of stepped up and they saved me he he blamed himself for getting josh in foul trouble uh which you know i mean could have been covering for his guy. Uh, I'm not totally sure, um, you know, but he blamed himself and he said, you know, these role guys, they stepped up and they saved my butt, you know, and it was sort of a, you know, throwing flowers to those guys. But my, my question was like, if this was a month ago, if this was mid-January instead of mid-February, would the result have been the same because of sort of the guys and their adjusting roles? And, and I don't know if that would have been the case. I, I think these guys have really grown here as the conference season has gone along, like Jaden Pierre having the, the confidence in his shot, um, you know, Corey Floyd, his growing confidence, Slim Castro, his growing confidence. Like these are younger guys. And I think they've played better and better as the season has gone along here in conference play. And they've had to adjust. They've had to adjust on the fly because, you know, they are had to take on a little bit more on everybody's plate because of, you know, the injury to Hopkins and they've been able to do it. And yeah, you know, obviously, obviously Carter is case in point and how good he's been and, you know, where he's played himself, not only, you know, in the national conversation here in college basketball, but, you know, his own future in the NBA draft. I mean, people are looking at him and saying he could be a first round pick. And it's because of just how well he has played and stepped forward and improved himself, particularly in the offensive end. So, yeah. you know, a lot of great parts to the story. Yep, and you are right. I mean, really what, what makes this story the best is the Friars have done this this season, uh, a large majority of it without Bryce Hopkins, right? So that was a big loss, and we had no idea what that would mean, and they've been able to fight their way through it, mainly because Devin Carter has had the S, the Superman, on his chest, right? And and, and Josh Adoro, I mean, we've raved about him all season long, and you can't rave enough about how well he's played and what – a great add to the program that was with Kim English, you know, taking the job and being able to bring him along because he's been phenomenal. Those two have just been consistently not good, great all season long. But what I liked, what I saw the other night was, you know, Devin Carter knows 
that teams are revolving their defensive game plan around trying to stop him or slow him down, he gets it. So when he gets the ball, you know, he's obviously looking for his own offense, and most nights he gets it. But there's other times when he'll put it on the deck and he'll start to penetrate a defense, and then he knows the extra attention he's getting from a defense means that one of his teammates is open, and he's finding that open teammate, and now that open teammate is making plays, whether it's, you know, a Pierre or a Floyd or whoever. And and that's what I really like. Like, Carter gets what's going on with him right now. He knows how well he's playing. He also knows he's the focus of every defense that the Friars play. And so he's not just singularly focused on trying to carry the team on his back. He is facilitating for others knowing the attention that he is drawing from opposing teams. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of guys that I thought really stood out the other night that, that gave Kim English good minutes, and that was Castro, number one, with Adoro being in foul trouble. But I like Barron as well. Like, Barron, I thought, gave them some good minutes in that game. You know, he started, obviously, but, you know, 10 points. You just kind of felt his presence all night long at Xavier. And so, you know, the, the, the road is – I don't want to say clear, but, again, I think you and I both agree. The Friars need to go 2-2 two and two here down the stretch because it puts them in pretty good position going to New York for the Big East tournament where they likely probably only have to win a game, and their resume looks pretty solid. But if for some reason they can't finish 2-2 two and two in these last four games, well, then that makes it, I think, very anxious heading down to Madison Square Garden, and certainly it will be an anxious selection Sunday unless, of course, they run the table and win the Big East tournament. So, um, yeah, should be an interesting couple of weeks here for PC. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting when a team is this close and, you know, March is right around the corner and, you know, they have that opportunity. And the two and two, as we said, that, that you're talking about, Scott, is realistic. Um, you know, if you beat Villanova and Georgetown, and, you know, you, you're not able to beat Marquette and UConn and then go to the tournament, win a game. That's the sort of the realistic path. If you go two and two and one of those, you know, wins is at Marquette or home against UConn, it looks even better, obviously, because those are huge victories. So, you know, it's the realistic two and two is what we said, but there could also be another two and two where maybe you lose to Villanova, but you win at Marquette. I mean, that that is... But, you know, I wonder how metrically that would that would play, Um, you know, maybe better because it's another quad one win. You know, right. We'll see. Um, But exciting. It's exciting. Um, They're in their mix. Uh, Obviously, Brown, as we mentioned, is in their mix. Um, The Brian Bulldogs have a huge game tonight. They're playing at Vermont. Second shot at top team in America East. You know, they're right in the mix. Obviously, Look, stumbled and, and, last weekend. And if you're Brian, you got to get over that hump. And that's not an easy hump to get over because for many, many, many years, the Vermont Catamounts have dominated the America East. The road to the uh, NCAA tournament goes through Burlington, Vermont. Can Bryant do the unthinkable and beat the Catamounts in Burlington tonight? We we shall see. That That is a tall task. But, you know, again, the result of this game doesn't necessarily matter in terms of, you know, are you going to the NCAA tournament or not? But it definitely would solidify Vermont as the number one seed and meaning that they would host all the way through the championship game of the America East tournament. But, you know, yeah, this is this is huge for, for Bryant because Bryant's right there. You know, they are a top team perennially in America East. But can they beat 
a Vermont? Can they beat a UMass Lowell? You know, that's going to be the challenge for the Bulldogs. So tonight will be an interesting test for Brian up in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, huge. And and they've they've got the they've got the guys, they've got the pieces, they've got the tools. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested because this isn't this Vermont team is having the sort of success that Vermont, you know, has had historically, Scott, but lately they've sort of shown some, you know, some I don't know, cracks. Um, you know, losing the game to NJIT that whole weekend, they, they had to rally from down 20 against, I believe, UMBC. Yeah. Um, you know, so they are they are mortal. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that could be part of the message here from the coaching staff with Bryant this week um, as they try to bounce back. Again, a, a tough loss with UMass Lowell. That team's been really tough with them, too. Uh, been just sort of a tough matchup. Um, and they were able to, to win here in Smithfield last weekend. Um but yeah, I mean the, the the tools are there, the pieces are in place, and if you're able to grab this win, get you closer to Vermont, but also, you know, it could be really crucial in terms of, I mean, Bryant's right there, tied with UMass Lowell in the American East standings right now. You know, if they were if they had won that game last weekend, they'd sort of be in the driver's seat for not only one but two American East, you know, home playoff games here. Um, so that's really what you're, you know, another thing that you're playing for right now too is. If you're able to beat Vermont, you know, you could set yourself up with, you know, potentially uh, a couple of home games in the America East tournament because it's a home site thing. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I'm sure the focus is one game, obviously, and and trying to to get over that hump, which has not been easy for for anybody in America East, as you mentioned. And and as for the Rhodey Rams, uh, we can throw them in there before we go to our first break. Uh, Sure. You know, obviously, you know, Rhode Island has struggled as we thought they might coming into the season. I think if I correct me if I'm wrong, they were picked second to last in the A-10 preseason poll. Uh, they were. They have outperformed that uh, to a certain degree in conference play, but they're still a work in progress. And, look, uh, you know, I saw that Go Local story on Roadie yesterday. I'm not quite sure what the purpose of that was uh, other than maybe to have a little clickbait or – play to Friar fans who obviously don't like Rhodey or to anger Rhodey fans. I didn't really – I couldn't understand the point of the story other than, yeah, we know what they've been the last four or five years, right? We get it. Since Dan Hurley left, it hasn't been pretty. Um, but I think uh, – I guess my point is playing off of that article that I would say these next two years, next year and the year after, will be very important for Archie Miller and that program, right? Because they have been down for a little while now. So – I think the expectation is with any new coach taking over any program, right? I think years three and four, you definitely want to see significant progress. You want to be knocking on the door of, of some type of postseason tournament. It doesn't have to be the NCAA. It could be the NIT or, you know, heck, even even the CBI, you know, to get to take that first step and, and, and get going. So I think next year and I think the year after, um, you know, I think Ram fans are going to want to see some significant improvement. They're going to want to see a winning product on the court, right? I, I think that the, the time has come for URI to, to prepare to turn that corner. It needs to happen. You just can't continue to have losing season after losing season. Who wrote this, Scott? Like, I, who wrote I, this? I, this I, is... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I mean yeah. look, I mean, Josh Fenton uh, owns and operates Go Local, so I don't know who the author was. There was no byline on it, but I couldn't really understand the purpose of it. Like, I read it, and I'm like, okay, is this just clickbait or, or what? Yeah, well, I, I think it is. And I, I don't, I don't, 
understand why this is like you're 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 meshing together it says the you know the last five years you are a basketball five-year trend the muddling mid-major like why are we bringing up yeah they, they they know they didn't have a great you know previous three years that's why they hired archie um and oh by the way the new coach has improved on last year's record right um yeah it hasn't been pretty it's been a you know bumpy but he's improved on it like what why what this is this is dumb that's trash come on like come i, I can't believe seriously be responsible and put your name on it if you're going to write something like that yeah jeez yeah. wow but, but would you okay. agree like the next two years you, you know you would expect to see them yeah a corner yeah, I think the the relevant thing with with URI and where they're at is, you know, the trend from, you know, year one to year two. This was a different group that Archie Miller brought in and, you know, they're trying to build in the right direction and progress from year one to year two. They have more wins than they did last year. So that's a good thing. Uh, they, right. they know their deficiencies um, defensively. You know, they are you know, third to last in a 10 points per game given up. So they know that that's where their flaws are. And so they continue to work on it. Um, and you just want to try to finish the season strong if you're Archie in the group there. So, right. um, you know, I, I know that that's where their focus is. And, and so they'll, they'll try to do that, you know, but you know, it's sometimes it's, it's not easy to, to build in the right direction, but you know, in terms of the numbers and, and wins, they, they've been able to do that so far this season. All right, let's open up the phone lines. If folks want to join us this morning, I do want to get into the Celtics on the other side since we're talking basketball. We opened it up with college hoops. We'll get to the Celtics. We'll get to the Bruins this morning. Red Sox exhibition play officially opens today. We could talk a little baseball and even some Patriots in the dynasty for those of you that have been watching it on Apple TV. 401-777-1037 is our phone number if you'd like to join us. 401-777-1037. The text line is open as well. That number is 37937. We'll take a timeout, and we'll come back with your phone calls. You're listening to Kordeshi and Coit on WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 